Welcome to the Prayer Storm Podcast. We hope this teaching will encourage you and equip you to live a lifestyle of holiness and intercession. Don't forget James's new book, Life on Fire, is out now. It's our first release from Prayer Storm and it's available on prayerstorm.org. The link is also available in the podcast description. When I say it's an honor to be speaking on this platform, that's an understatement. Because you all know the amount of deep revelations that have come from this place. (laughs) Incredible amounts of just the workings of the Spirit that's been released from this very space to impact the world. So it's a great privilege. It's a great honor. I was surprised when Apostle Arome turned to me the other day, and you were there, Pastor Tony. He said, oh, James, I want you to speak Tuesday and Wednesday. I was like, oh, in my heart, I'm like, are you really sure about that? (laughs) Anyway, I am here. I am a a man under authority, so I'm I'm obeying (laughs) the man of God. And I'm excited about what God is doing in this place. I really am. And I want to repeat this. You are privileged to be here today. Yeah, you might want to give yourselves a round of applause and praise God for that. What God is doing here is cutting edge. Did you hear what I said? What God's doing here is it's at the forefront of an expression of his spirit that's about to be set loose across the nation and the nations. So you need to value this moment. I don't know if you have time when you go online, watch the videos back. People that are watching from other parts of the world, some of them are commenting, I would do anything to be in that room right now. I would do anything. Have you seen some of those comments? Okay, so this is special, what's happening here. And I don't want you to get to a place where you take it for granted, whether it's apostle ministering or anyone else ministering. There is such a move of God in this place. And one of the things I love about Apostle Rome is, you know, he's got a big heart. And this is a platform that's hosting many anointings. Yes, he is the father of this house and the set man, the one that God has raised up here. But there's such a security he's carrying that other people can rise. See, 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 that's one of the problems we have in the body of Christ. Leaders are so insecure that The moment someone rises that can preach better than them, (laughs) you know what happens? They want to shut that anointing down so that they would always be the star of the show. God is shifting things right now. It doesn't matter how well you can preach, how well you can uh, play keys, or how well you can sing, or how well you can dance. There's someone always better. (laughs) So the goal is not trying to outdo each other right now. The goal is to find the expression of Christ that should come through this vessel for this generation. And what he's going to express himself through me, what that's going to look like, it's going to be slightly different in texture to what it might look like with you. And so one of the things I really admire about this space is just the security that uh, Apostle Rome carries that allows other people to rise up. And I believe that's a true sign of an apostolic ministry because you can see other people are finding their callings and anointings and are being released and are growing in God. So I know we did this yesterday, but once again, let's thank God for Reverend Dina and Apostle Romes obedience to the Lord. Yes. A lot of sacrifice. A lot of sacrifice goes into being able to host God in this way. A lot of dying to self over and over and over again. I'm going to carry on from um, where I was yesterday. So, I know you all call it Joel, but I call it Joel. Okay, so turn to Joel (laughs) 2.28. We're going to carry on in that passage. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. And your young men shall see visions. And also on my maidservants and 
On my men servants and maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. You know, in the book of Acts, Peter got up and quoted this very verse to give expression and language to the outpouring of God's spirit on the day of Pentecost. And I really do believe what Peter did was it was connecting the movement of the Holy Spirit in that generation to this particular prophecy, not to say that it's the complete fulfillment of it, but I believe it was the beginnings of the fulfillment of it. Because like yesterday I said, God is going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. And one of the things that stirs in my heart is if God is going to do that, then I want to be part of the army that he is going to use to do that. Because you know, God does nothing on earth except in response to believe in prayer. John Wesley said that. God looks for vessels that he can entrust dimensions of his realm to. Vessels that can steward what heaven wants to release. Many people want an increase of the anointing. And if we're to have an anointing service and say, who wants more anointing? I want to grow. People are going to respond. And yes, we want to grow in the anointing. But do you realize God wants us to grow in that more than we do? God wants us to grow, uh, to grow in the visible expression of his glory more than we do. But the very thing we're crying out for, if we haven't matured and grown in stamina, and grown in character, and grown in depth, that very thing we're crying out for will become our destruction. Are you hearing me? The anointing amplifies things. The good, the bad, and the ugly. (laughs) And so, God is in the business of making men and women that conform to his image, and then he can entrust them with great dimensions. And so there is a process. And I don't want to skip the process. I don't want to rush the process. I want God to take his time to do what he wants to do in me. That's why there always has to be a continual refinement of my heart. I am not doing this because I want to make a name for myself or because I want to have a big ministry I am doing this because I love God and because I'm called to do this. Many of you may never stand on the platform, but you are just as called. And you need to find your platform of expression. And you need to make up your mind to give everything to God. See, I've done ministry long enough. The ministry I lead prayer storm started in 2009. I know I don't look that old, but I am an old man. And I've done ministry long enough, Pastor Tony and Reverend Dana, to realize that you can fall in love with the work of God and not the God of the work. You can fall in love with the move of God and not the God of the move. Yes, you can fall in love with the growing crowds and get so used to the anointing that rests upon you that you become unfamiliar with the anointing within you. See, the anointing in the book of Acts, it says, the Holy Spirit shall come upon you. That is for ministry. And then in 1 John, it talks about an anointing within you. The anointing within you is for intimacy and connection with the Holy Spirit. And so if you pursue the anointing upon you so much that that gets so big, While the one within you gets so small, the one upon you will crush you. So you have to make sure when you're seeking God, it's not God, give me anointing. God, give me more. There's nothing wrong with that, but make sure what's superseding that is a purity of pursuit for God's sake only. Not seeking God for money, not seeking God for platform, not seeking God for bigger ministry, not seeking for God for a husband, not seeking God for a wife, but seeking God for God's sake only how many christians have that purity of pursuit sometimes they might start there but you know what happens they deviate over time and other things begin to take 
that place of the purity of pursuit. I mean, just imagine this. The apostles, the early apostles, Jesus called them. They're fishing all night. And they'd fished and fished and caught nothing. And then Jesus said to them, cast your net on the other side, right? You know the story. They cast their net and this happened, I think, twice. First in the early part when Jesus called them and then second at the end of the book of John. The early part when Jesus called them, it was almost like the nets were breaking. In fact, there's even a prophetic message in that. You know, the fish represents the harvest. And the early part of the revival, when the, the people of God obeyed God and moved, the nets were breaking because they weren't ready. But by John 21, when Jesus gave them the same instruction and they threw the net on the other side, the nets weren't breaking at this point. Maybe there's something about the revival God wants to release that he wants us to have the nets that can handle it. And for the net to handle it, we need to mature on the inside. So God wants us to journey in him. Because prayer is not so much about getting God to do something as it is about God doing something in you. It's not about God doing something spectacular through you. It's about God doing something spectacular in you. That you become a different person. Are you satisfied with where you are right now? Are you satisfied with the lost problems? Are you satisfied with the anger and jealousy issues? Do you realize the cross of Jesus is not about sin management? It's about sin eradication. So why have we got to a place in the church where we are coping and managing with things we're called to be delivered from? Okay, you mean you're saved. Saved from what? Saved from lying. Saved from stealing. Saved from backbiting. Saved from jealousy. Tell me, what are you saved from? Because the cross can either deliver you or this is all a joke. And I know it's delivered me. So I am not a messenger for a gospel. I'm not eating off myself right now. And some people are preaching right now, but they're they they're ministers right here in this country. They're stuck in all kinds of addictions and sexual perversion, but people don't know it. And they're preaching from the platform. So now they're giving voice to a gospel that they're not living themselves. So why would the gospel have power in there? Because there's have power in here. So you see, Jesus cast your net on the other side. They cast their net on the other side. They caught all the fish. Now, if you're a businessman and you're Peter, a lot of fish equals lots of money. Right? Lots of fish equals God is blessing this business. And so they caught all that fish. They, you know what they didn't do? They didn't go to church and give a testimony. The Lord has blessed my business. Glory be to God. We caught the biggest amount of fish we've ever caught ever. Because we received the word of the Lord. And isn't God good? And they have a dance party. And they have a meet. And No, they didn't do that. You know what the Bible says? Peter dropped on his knees and was convicted. And then afterwards, it says, they left it all. <laughs> they left it all. All, and what? Followed him. So the blessing was not greater than the giver of the blessing. See, see how we get so distracted with blessings? And this is why the purity of our pursuit is so important. Why are you here today? Why? I know you've come because you want God to touch you. You want God to shift this situation. You feel like there's this demon haunting you. You feel like there needs to be a breakthrough in your life, your finances. See, there's nothing wrong with that. But you better make sure what's superseding all of that is your ability to follow him. Even if your breakthrough is yet to be answered, let's examine the contents of your prayer life in these last two weeks. What are you praying about more than anything? Because sometimes that points to where your heart is. Listen, I've realized, being a man of prayer, that sometimes your prayer request can become an idol. <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? The thing you're wanting God to do, it's not a bad thing, but you want it so much, it's now so exalted beyond where God should be himself. And until that idol comes crashing down, and until that thing dies, don't expect a shift. Because if there's going to be resurrection, there has to be crucifixion. So God has to 
kill you. You want God to use you. We say, God, this is the generation. Lord, use us. Lord, we, we want to see your revival. We responded last night. Lord, we want to be those Nazarite army. You know, when we pray those prayers, we're saying, God, really, we're picking up our cross. And you know, he says, deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. Do you know where you're following him to? You're following him to where his cross took him. His cross took him to the place where he was nailed on it. So I often like to tell people, God wants to kill you. And the devil wants to kill you. You choose who you're going to summit under. <laughs> God wants to kill those idols, the flesh, those ambitions. You want to be a mighty man of God? See, see, when these desires are not dealt with and the anointing upon is increasing, and then visibility comes, and then people are calling you, this is how more contamination is released into the body of Christ. Because the, the focus is always on the visibility. Being the man of power for the hour. Being the woman of power for the hour. Being respected. Having all this protocol. Having all this man of God syndrome and all this stuff. And God is not about all that. He's looking for simplicity of pursuit. The men and women who would run after him. For God's sake only. Waking up in the morning praying in tongues for however long you're praying in your presence. Why are you doing that? Because you want to know God. Because you want to go deep in God. When I met Apostle in Manchester, naturally it was Birmingham the first time. One of the things I said to him is, look. I didn't say look in a rude way. <laughs> no. I said, I've been so blessed by your ministry. And I said, look, God has blessed me. I know God has blessed me. In ministry, I know God has been so good to me in so many ways. And a lot of things that people, um, maybe my contemporaries, will be running after, I haven't run after it. And I've seen God just do things in my life because I've gone after him. So I said, at this point in my pursuit, I am not looking for a platform. I am not looking for opportunities to preach. I am not looking for, you know, even you, apostle, to come and pray for me so I can have a big breakthrough. I said, what I've admired as I've listened to you is the depth of your walk with God. And what I want is to go deeper. I don't want to go deeper so that my ministry is bigger. <laughs> I don't want to go deeper so that you say I'm a no I want to go deeper because I just want to go deeper. Because I don't know about you, but I'm not satisfied. I know I'm holding this microphone. It doesn't mean I know everything. I am on a journey and I want more of God. Let me give you an idea of how I see this. God has called me to lead this ministry I lead in Manchester called Prayer Storm. But Prayer Storm is not my dream. See, some people, their dream is big ministry. Some people, their dream is visibility and fame. Some people, their dream is to get married. And all they're after is that dream to be fulfilled. My dream is not prayer storm. My dream is going deep in God. Walking as close to God as it's humanly possible and still remain on the earth and not be zapped up to heaven like Enoch. How close can I walk with God? See, I ask God this question. Sometimes when I'm praying at home in the UK, I'm like, God, right now in the UK, who are the people that are walking the closest with you from your perspective? And you know, when I'm asking God that question, I know his answer is not our preachers most of the time. The people walking the closest with God are often not the popular people. They're not known. But I say, Lord, whoever those people are, connect me to them because I want to go deeper too. I am not itching to preach. I want to go into some mountain somewhere, <laughs> you know, prayer mountain, whatever it is, and just go deep in God. Well, I can't do that because I've got a wife and I've got children, so I need to be a responsible father, responsible husband. But apart from my responsibilities there, I'm like, God, how can I go deeper? So prayer storm is not my dream. The ministry God's given me, that is my assignment. My dream is deeper. My dream is seeking God. My dream is what is on God's heart. So you see, no one can touch my dream. 
Even the devil can't touch it. It's me that can get distracted from my dream. So it doesn't matter whether my ministry gets bigger or smaller. My dream is not affected. If my ministry gets big, I should not be lifted up in pride because my dream really is fulfilling that reality of going deep in God. As long as that reality remains priority, the size of my ministry should not shift the size of my heart or my head in pride. If my ministry gets smaller, I should not get depressed. Because sometimes God prunes as well. So as long as I'm going deep in God, my dream is being fulfilled. What is your dream? You see the problem? Some people allow what should be their dream become their assignment. And what should be their assignment? Are you hearing me? And so as their assignment is growing, now they start to find their identity in their activity and their performance and how things are going around them. Why do you think one of the first temptations that Jesus experienced was the enemy came and said to him, if you are the son of God. The enemy was testing his identity because identity is so key. You see, you can be having such a powerful ministry and your identity is actually not in Christ because the anointing upon you, you've taken more root in that than the one within you. So your identity has shifted to your activity on the platform or your activity in your business. But Jesus was tempted by the devil to shift. And the temptation was this, prove that you are who you say you are by what you do. Prove that what the Father said about you is true by your activity. So let's just play this out as a drama right now. Imagine Jesus was on this platform and that temptation came to Jesus. You would not have seen the temptation, but Jesus would have felt the temptation because it was a temptation, meaning Jesus could have given in to it. Are you with me? Otherwise, it won't be a temptation. So the, the devil comes to Jesus. Imagine Jesus on this platform and the devil comes to Jesus and you don't see the devil come, but you see stones on the platform. And let's just imagine for a moment that Jesus gave into that temptation and turned those stones to bread right before your eyes. You know what's going to happen in this meeting? We're all going to go crazy. Why? Because when was the last time you saw a man of God turn stone to bread? <laughs> I don't know about you, but I've never seen that before. <laughs> Reverend Philip, I've never. Have you ever seen a man of God turn stone to bread? I've never. Imagine the man of God came right here and turned the stones to bread before your eyes. Do you know what's going to happen? That is going to be the start of the Stone to Bread Ministries International. Am I lying? Because we're going to put it on Facebook, put it on Instagram. Man of God, he turns stone to bread. It's going to be all the, you know, Twitter, whatever, uh, uh, Instagram stories. People are going to start making viral videos. Look at this man of God. He turns, and you see, the power of God is being displayed, but no one would have known that that was an act that came from a place of dysfunction in the man of God. Because that act came from a place to prove his identity, even though he had the power to do it. So Jesus could have done it. And we would all be like, wow, what a man of God. So the fact that the power is moving in meetings in Nigeria and crowds are gathering does not mean it has been done in alignment with the government of heaven. So don't get distracted and think as crowds are gathering that means God's moving. What God is looking for, Apostle Romans says all the time, it's corporate ranking. A people that have come under the government of God, with leaders that have come under the government of God, and will not use the power of God for selfish gain. Because you don't know when the man of God does that. You will never know. Only God can see it. 
And so the miracle happens. And go, wow, 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 wow. Where is it come from? Even though Holy Spirit could have still sponsored it from a gift in place, it could have still been from a place of dysfunction. So this is why the building of the anointing within, you cannot bypass that. And if you've listened to the Apostle of Roman long enough, you know what I'm about to say. He says in a different way. But the idea is, sometimes the one upon you is easier to minister, to prophesy. But when it's time for you to hear God for yourself, you, you have to, it's the one within your digging. And it's that one that keeps you accurate. Sometimes it's so much investment of energy to keep yourself pure. Not because you wanted to impress anyone, but because you don't want to lose that anointing within. So when Joel prophesies and says, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh in the last days, he says this, your sons and your daughters will do what? Will do what? Will do what? So if we take this text as a template that gives us insight into what the move of God will look like, what we can derive from this is that in the move of God that we are believing for and crying out for, they're prophetic. It's going to be a huge expression in this move. You know, I've come here on the platform and I've been saying, there's a rumbling going on. There's a rumbling going on in this part of Nigeria. And you're not here by accident. And when that rumbling gets to that volcanic eruption and it's like the whole world is aware that something of God has exploded right here and people find when that happens one of the key expressions that would stand out is not just miracles but I'm telling you is the prophetic movement it's not just the prophet that's coming to call out numbers gone are the days when it's just all about the prophet coming to show you how prophetic he is because God is not just about raising up one prophet. He wants to raise up a prophetic people. Are you hearing me? A prophetic army. That the least among us is so tuned into God, we can receive from heaven what the Lord is saying now. Why is it that that, that scripture doesn't say, I pour my spirit in all flesh and sons and daughters will work miracles. I pour my spirit in all flesh and sons and daughters will sing. It didn't say that. It said, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. And then it expands dreams, visions. Because the prophetic anointing gives us access to the agenda of heaven. The prophetic anointing also gives us access into the agenda of hell. So we become watchmen and women in the prophetic move. Oftentimes, God moves in a powerful way, and people that become part of that move over time is like, it's like a wave, it just fades off. But actually, I believe what God wants to do in these last days is not just another revival that comes and goes, but the revival that is sustained. Maybe that's why it's been taking long. Because God is wanting to develop some deep roots. You know the whole scripture about going deeper? Your scripture as remnant is about taking roots deeper. And from about 10 years, taking roots deeper. So that the entrustment of heaven upon you can be rightly managed. See, it takes time for God to raise up a people he can trust. God loves you, but God doesn't trust you. I have got a two-year, well, she's going to be two years old in December. I love my, my girl. She's called Evie. But I'm not going to just give her the keys to the car. In fact, I have to keep my eyes on her. And if you've got children, oftentimes when it goes quiet, I know they're up to something. So I have to keep watching. And every time I take my eyes off, something happens. She draws on something. She writes on something. She takes some drink and spills it everywhere. And says, like, okay, more work. So I love her, but I don't trust her because she hasn't matured. 
And sign of maturity is the fact that now she begins to take responsibility. You know, many Christians have no responsibility. They're waiting for the man of God to pray for them. You've been in the RCN network for all these years, and you're still waiting for the man of God to lay hands on you. Have you not learned how to pray yourself? I, I, have you heard Christians say things like, I don't know, maybe this is not common here, but it's common in the West. Oh, you know, I went to church, but I'm just not being fed. Have you heard that? I'm not being fed. If you've ever said that before, let this be the last time you ever say that. What do you mean you're not being fed? Have you lost your Bible? What do you mean you're not being fed? Have you lost your mouth to be able to pray? My two-year-old has started feeding herself. And you've been a Christian for 10 years and you're saying you're not being fed. I think it's time you actually learn how to what, feed yourself. God is calling for people to mature. That we can walk in an anointing that does not destroy us because there is so much depth on the inside of us. In this move of God, there is going to be an emphasis on accountability. You see, he says, sons and daughters will prophesy. Then he says, old men will dream dreams. That's another generation. Then he says, young men, young women would see visions. So sandwiched between sons and daughters and young men and young women is what? Old men. And we can add old women to that as well. You know what that means? The younger generation are going to be used in a mighty way in this move, but they're not in isolation to the next generation above them. So there has to be a mutual honor and respect, and there's going to be no such thing as lone rangers. I believe, I don't know if it's apostle that says this, because I've listened to him so many times, that if you can trace a man to another man, you're only going to trace him back to the devil. <laughs> so, in this move, there has to be the accountability where you can look at this person and trace their spiritual lineage. Who are they accountable to? Who can speak? You see, some people become so, they start out like, you know, simple Christians. And then the moment the anointing upon them increases, they become the big man of God. No one can tell them anything. See, that is a sign that they never dealt with foundational issues. And in other words, it was wrong for them to have opening to that visibility. Because now, that visibility is regulating their, their hearts. And they're in a place of pride. No one can tell them anything. Some people even get married. Listen, don't get married to a man that doesn't have someone in his life that can sit him down and tell him some hard truth. Some people get, you get married, you don't know who, is, who he would listen to. Who is going to call him and is going to guess. Who, you have an argument and you're going to say, you know what, I'm going to report you to so and so. And it's going to sober up quickly. If, <laughs> does anyone know what I'm talking about here? If you don't have those kind of people in your life, I want to say to you, you're not building your life correctly. You're not supposed to be nice. A lot of the mess we're experiencing in the body of Christ in Nigeria right now is connected to some of these issues. Where people have become so big, they can't take healthy feedback. And they become so big because they never dealt with the anointing within them so much and always functioned the one upon them. Right there within their hearts, envy and jealousy starts to grow. But because what is within is so weak, it is not challenged. And because of the size of the platform, that jealousy is now amplified. And so some pastors down the road are feeling the impact of a leader that did not deal with foundational issues and now have stepped into a position of visibility. Because God never dealt with the house and they were always about the one upon them. And now the platform is big. And lots of people are saying, wow, man of God, you've turned the stone to bread. But don't realize the miracles are coming from a place of dysfunction. Because the deep things were not dealt with. And the reason why I'm preaching this way is, I believe God is raising up a whole new army right now. And the next move of God has got to have a different texture to what we have known in Nigeria. 
I am tired. I hope you are of just the one man show. It's all about this person. God wants to raise you up. And when I say God wants to raise you up, I don't mean you become famous. Because see, we have a different idea of greatness to what God actually sees. Look one. The angel came to Zechariah and gave the prophetic word about John. You know what it says? John the Baptist will be great. He didn't say John will be great. Most of us stop there. John will be great. Lord, make me great. Lord, make me great. I will be great in Jesus. No, 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 no. John will be great in the sight of the Lord. So the prophetic word was not about the sight of people. In the sight of the Lord. Do you know what it means to be great in the sight of the Lord? You still want that anointing within. And your dream becomes God. And so you're going to be great in his sight because you're submitting yourself to his government and his dealings. Now, in John being great in the sight of God, part of the working of his calling was that he would also be great in the sight of man. But that was secondary. The primary thing was he will be great in the sight of the Lord. Do you want to be great in the sight of the Lord or do you want to be great in the sight of man? Because... In Nigerian Christianity today, listen, you can be great in the sight of man and be nothing in the sight of the Lord. And you can be great in the sight of the Lord and nothing in the sight of man. And you can be great in the sight of the Lord and great in the sight of man. Can I give you a newsflash? Not every Christian is going to be great in the sight of man. So forget about, oh Lord, I want to be great before this. I want to be the most famous. I want to be the biggest. I want to have the most money. No, 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 no. If that is not in the record of heaven about your life, forget about praying it. Oh, newsflash. Not every Christian is called to be a multimillionaire. <laughs> oh yeah, God, make me, I want to, well, how do you know that that money, if that money was not signed to you by heaven, it would destroy you. See, Many preachers want to grab the microphone. Oh, I want to preach. I want to be on the platform. I want to be on YouTube. I want to have so many likes. If God is not giving you the microphone, don't take it. Because this microphone comes with its own problems. So if it's not been assigned to you and you take it, <laughs> you're opening up yourself a whole new realm of issues. God is wanting to deal with the anointing within such that that becomes bigger than anything upon. So you can sit in the back right there and you know you can preach better than me. You know that if, if I gave you this microphone, this place would be flooded. You know that. But you don't try to advertise it. And you still sit there and say, Lord, if you want me to preach, let me. If you don't want me to preach, Lord, I'm going after you anyway. My identity is not in that microphone. See, how many people would be able to allow God work with them that way. Well, you know you can play the keyboard more than this guy. You know you can sing more than that girl. You know you can do the camera more than this guy. And yet, you're sitting there because God has not released you. But you're okay to sit there for the rest of your life as long as you keep going after God because your identity is not in any of this stuff. Because you want to dig deep in Him. Until this becomes your foundation you're in for destruction and you're in for contamination and you're in for a massive shift in your pursuit. Right now, you may think you're okay, but many of the people that have gone wrong in this country, they were just like you. They were okay in the beginning. Pure. Seeking God. And then money came. And then women came. And then visibility came. And all of a sudden, whatever was not dealt with by the process is now controlling their life. And you don't know it because you still see the miracles. And so you think, oh yeah, God is moving. Yeah, God is moving. But, but let, let, let's look at this from heaven's perspective. Is the nation being changed? I said to you yesterday, I'm at the airport. Someone is being rude to me and he's singing a gospel song. That is a picture of Christianity in Nigeria right now. Everyone can call on the name of Jesus and everyone can say they gave their life to Jesus one day, but we're not seeing the fruits because the same Nigerian is trying to scam me on my Instagram page. Who's probably going to church to receive a blessing? 
And so I'm thinking, what kind of Christianity has been preached to that one? See, the kind of Christianity that makes that behavior okay is the one that comes from a person that's dysfunctional in the anointing upon them. Because they lost their way somehow. And the people listening did not discern that there had been a shift. So they kept sitting there and now they're polluted and their minds have gone into a place of deception and delusion. And they have no idea what's going on. And they think they're still serving God. They don't realize they're serving someone's dysfunction. Are you hearing me today? I am burdened for the authentic move of God in Nigeria. Enough of the fake. And you young people here, you're going to be at the forefront. But don't think you're going to be on your own. Because you better start to learn accountability. You, st- you better start to learn right submission to authority. Oftentimes, if you have problems with your natural father, you're probably going to have problems with your spiritual father. If you don't deal with the problems that were formed in your relationships with your natural father. Anyone hear what I'm saying? Because that will spill over into spiritual relationships. And so you know some of those wounds. See, this thing. All of us are sitting in this room, nicely dressed, looking nice. But if we were to see from the spirit realm, many of you have got so many wounds in your soul. From relationships, from parental relationship, from sibling relationship, from this that was done to you. And you're going after God, but you've not allowed those wounds to be healed. And you're trying to use fervency to cover up the pain. Listen, if you don't, you see, when you cut yourself in the natural, if I cut myself with a knife by an accident and I start to bleed and I just wipe it up and I never look after that wound, you know what happens over time? It's going to get infected. So when you get wounded in your soul and you don't deal with that properly to healing, it's going to get infected. You know what infected means? Demons are going to come there. And now what was a legitimate wound becomes an open door for manipulation from the kingdom of darkness. Because you never let God deal with those things. And so God is not so much as in a hurry as you are to be anointed and used. He wants you to go through his process. Because he wants maturity in his bride. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. And your young men will see visions. The prophetic gift that's going to be emphasized in these last days. Dreams and visions. And do you know dreams and visions, what it's going to connect with? If God is going to show you a dream or God's going to show you a vision, yes, it's going to come through your spirit. But you know what? your mind is also going to be involved in that process because your mind has to decode whatever you're receiving from the spirit realm. So, you see, some of you in this room today, and you don't understand why your life is under so much demonic oppression. Listen to this. The enemy doesn't go to fight where there's nothing to win. Oftentimes, Demonic opposition is a sign of prophetic potential. Are you hearing what I'm just saying? So, because the enemy knows that the prophetic move is going to be a key part of an expression of what God does in this end time revival. He wants to bind you before you bind him. So, you know one of the ways he's going to do that? It's going to contaminate your mind. It's going to fill your mind with filth. It's going to fill your mind with lust. It's going to fill your mind with darkness. Because see, if I had a bottle of water here, it doesn't matter how clean the water in that bottle is. If I were to get a cup and the cup is dirty on the inside... It doesn't matter how clean the water is. As I pour the water into the cup, you know what happens? It becomes what? Contaminated. So the enemy knows he cannot influence the Holy Spirit. 
But you know who he's going to try to influence? The vessel. So whatever the Lord wants to do through you now is what? Contaminated. That's why there's such a battle in this generation for purity. Because the enemy wants to bind you before you bind him. And I came here today as, you know, it's been a long day, in all honesty. And Apostle will tell you, we've been doing lots of things, trying to fix lots of things, recording lots of things. And from there, it just came straight here. So as I came in here, I was just sitting there and uh, just praying as well. And I was thinking about an experience I had as I came into Makodi uh, the first night I had here. And I was just praying, I really felt like the Lord was stirring in my heart that that experience is a picture of some people in this room today. And this was the experience. I went to bed, went to sleep. As I'm sleeping, my body is sleeping, but my spirit instantly is alert. So I can see in the spirit, but my body is sleeping. Does that make any sense? And right here, walks into my room is a lady. I couldn't see the lady's face, but I knew... I, I, I felt it wasn't a demon, but I felt it was a demonic presence. And this presence, as I'm sleeping, I can see my body. I'm in my body at the same time I'm seeing this. This presence is trying to hand me a book. It's trying to almost sneak a book into my hand. And I can see that on the book is written these words in bold, lost. So as the demon is trying to... It was, I don't think it was, it was a woman. I she's trying to sneak this book into my hand. My body instantly woke up. I was like, get out of my room, you filthy demon. And went back to sleep. <laughs> Honestly, I knew as I'm just sitting here that there's something going on where the enemy is trying to pollute the minds of the ministers that are supposed to be at the forefront of the end time revival. See how Satan knew he was no match for Samson's power. So he did not attack Samson's power. He attacked his consecration. The moment he got him there, guess what? End of power. So there are some things the enemy knows he cannot match that God has put on your life. But if he can sneak in and get into your mind, then he contaminates the, the, the thing the Spirit wants to unleash upon a generation. So holiness and living under the government of heaven is going to be one of the foremost values that we're going to hold as this end time revival movement. No toleration for the flesh. No toleration for selfish ambition. No toleration for loss of the eyes, loss of the flesh, and the pride of life. Zero toleration. Because we will not, by God's grace, repeat the mistakes of those who have gone before us. There is, the, the whole landscape is littered with mistakes and we will be foolish not to learn from it. And this is the hour where God is saying, can I find a whole new generation of people that would walk in what I originally intended and not be swayed to the left or to the right? Whether they're famous, whether they're not. Whether they have breakthrough, whether they don't. That they're just going to keep matching, going after me. You know we sang it? No mountain I won't climb up. Coming after you. I hope you meant it. Because many days, I mean these days in church, we sing lies to God. I hope you know that. We sing things that we don't mean. So your voice is saying one thing, but your heart is saying another thing. So there is no harmony. No wonder he's not going to move on you. Because until the meditation of your heart aligns with the utterance, until there's unity... You don't really see shift. So sometimes uh, we need to, you see, we read this scripture. And Reverend uh, Philip led us in a way, you know, blow the trumpet. And then he says, rend your hearts. Because the heart needs to be realigned. And then the mouth starts to connect with what God's doing in the heart. God wants to visit Nigeria. Did you hear me? 
God wants to visit Nigeria. But he wants to raise up a whole new breed. Something that has a completely different nature to what has been before. It's a whole new breed. And I believe sitting in front of me today are that breed. Those of you watching online, I believe you're being stirred right now because you are part of this new breed. And I believe the Lord wants to break off perversion, off of minds tonight. The Lord wants to realign your heart with seeking Him alone. As I've been speaking, it's like there's a stirring in some of your hearts. You know it's time to realign. You, you have so much ambition. Some of you in this room are so eager to travel out of the country. I want to say to you, don't even try to apply for a visa if God did not lead you. Because you're going to travel out and that's going to be the end of your life. I live in the UK. I was saying to Apostle yesterday, some of you watching online know what I'm talking about. You know, over here you have NEPA problems and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And we might not have NEPA problems in, in the UK, but there's a whole company of pressure that right now you're not experiencing until you get into that system. So you better make sure God is sending you. And you better make sure that is not your dream. Remember what I said about dream? Make your dream going deep. Going deep. And then if God permits, you're there. Because remember Abraham? There was a place that God had designated for him to flourish. If God has designated McCordy for you, and you want to go to Manchester, <laughs> you know what's going to happen? Wasting your life. So there's something I'm, I'm sensing God wanting to do today. And there's this burden for a new breed that God is wanting to raise up. Apostle will use the word new functionaries that God wants to raise up to carry the weight of what he wants to release in Nigeria and not be crushed by it. Accountability. Remember the sandwich illustration? The old men, the young women, and the sons and daughters. You can't be a person that lacks that. The prophetic, there has to be purity in the mind and in the heart. Ambition, insecurities would need to be rooted out where we are solely pursuing God. And then we keep pursuing Him. We keep pursuing Him until He decides it's the day of manifestation. Thank you for listening to the Prayer Storm podcast. We hope this teaching has encouraged you. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at prayerstorm, all one word. Find us on YouTube as well. We put up regular teachings and worship sessions and prayer nights on there. Don't forget James's new book, Life on Fire, at prayerstorm.org. The link is also in the description.